Do our processes, training, and marketing really align with what our customers care about most? In this short series, I'll cover some concepts I think are sometimes forgotten, but are critical to address when developing raving fans. Stay tuned to hear the first one. Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. We spend a lot of time trying to teach our employees what our customers really care about. I think sometimes we get caught up in the details and forget significant big picture factors, factors which must be addressed. We can also make the mistake of assuming that everyone on our team has these concepts down, like they know them already. They know them by heart. They, they, they already incorporate all this stuff into their, their thinking. They're factoring them in when making decisions throughout the day. Not only can I tell you this leads to disaster from my perspective as a business owner and manager, these assumptions that people know what we need and what the customer wants, but also, most definitely as a consumer, I can tell you that those assumptions often lead to disastrous results. So I'll give you an example that ties to our first concept we must be tuned into with our processes, training, and marketing. And I'm going to talk to you about my experience in in our home with, uh, with a landscaper. Now, we're on our fifth landscaper in three years. As anyone knows, I mean, it's, right now it's April 2023. As anyone knows, trying to hire contractors, home service providers, even B2B service providers last few years, it's a little challenging. <laughs> folks are folks are hard to hard to get hard to get. You know, employees are hard to find, service businesses are struggling to meet demand. It's just been that way. But we've had this one for about a year. And again, it's it's about the fifth one. We bought this house about three years ago. And uh this is a, this is the fifth one we've been working with. Again, been with them about a year. Now we live in the desert, so our landscaper doesn't do mowing, edging, anything to do with grass. And the key thing here is my wife absolutely loves flowers and plants that have color. So our backyard is full of those. Some are in pots, some are buried in the ground. They're around the pool. They're along the walls. Now we don't know anything more than the average person does about plants. She knows way more than I do, especially. And I particularly don't have the desire to learn or the time to learn. I don't, it's not something I want to invest a lot of time in becoming a, a horticulturalist or a, a plant expert. Stacy's diligent about watering and feeding and taking care of her plants, but we live in the desert and there's plenty we don't know. We didn't grow up here. So lots of stuff we don't know. But what I want is for her flowers to live and thrive because that's something that makes her really happy. And as you might guess, uh, as a guy who who um, teaches communication skills, <laughs> I've articulated this clearly to our landscaper with whom there's no language barrier and who's a great guy. I have plainly said, I just want my wife's flowers to live, but we live in the desert and we don't know what we don't know. There's tons of things I don't know, like when they need more or less water, what it means when the leaves turn certain colors. What I do know is I would be thrilled to find someone to solve this problem for me. I would pay more than I'm paying now to have a provider solve that problem. And I've communicated this numerous times. 
So what the landscaper wants to do though is come and do their quote unquote regular monthly service. They blow and they they blow the the, the yard and they trim. If they do other stuff, honestly, I don't know about it. That's what I see them do. That's what I see them talk about. They they blow all the dust and whatever they accumulates and the, and the turf looks great. You know, we have artificial grass. It looks great when they leave. It looks great. They'll also answer questions. Like if I walk them over and say, hey, this plant looks kind of funky. Is it going to live? Is it supposed to look like this? If I point out that a plant has indeed already died, they'll happily provide a quote to replace it. Upon request, they'll adjust the irrigation system. If I ask, hey, do you think it's time to start turning the water up? Do you think it's time to start turning it down? As, as the seasons change and that, you know, we go from 110 degrees to, to 70, there's different watering requirements. I don't know that stuff though. And it, I'm, I'm not, I'm not completely unfamiliar with how plant life works. I get that they need more water sometimes and less, but I don't know what the indicators are to tell me when a, a plant's getting too much water, not enough. And again, I don't care to learn. This is not something that interests me. I'm sure I could spend tons of hours on Google and figuring it out. I don't want to do that. I want to go ride my motorcycle. Um, so the outcome they're aiming for is to be efficient and blow and trim the yard as quickly as possible. And I get that. I totally get that. They got a route. They got other customers. They got lives. I, I get all that. They want to do their thing as efficiently as possible in and out. And again, I'm not complaining. They do a great job. It looks fantastic when they leave. But my desired outcome is to have a yard full of living flowers that I don't have to think about a whole lot. I don't have to put effort into figuring out. I don't have to wonder. I don't have to, to take the time to walk the yard every so often and like investigate and see if things are okay. I don't want to think about it. I want my wife to be happy. I want her to have the yard she likes, period. That's what I want. They want to efficiently blow and trim the yard and move on. So clearly those two objectives are not exactly the same. One of us will get what we want, but not both at the moment. One day we will either get those things in alignment or we will stop our relationship. Again, nothing against these. They're great guys. I like them a lot, uh, but that is the way it is. Now, given how hard it has been to find someone, I'm happy to just have a company that shows up every month to be completely honest with you. Again, we had many that didn't do that. So <laughs> I'm getting more than I was a couple of years ago and I'm really happy about that. And given how much there work there is for landscapers in my area, they probably aren't too concerned that I might find what I want outside their normal offerings. So we're both content with status quo for now. Things are fine. But when the supply and demand balance shifts and there are landscapers who knock on my door and say, we offer a complete peace of mind service where we proactively address anything going on with your wife's flowers. What do you think I'm going to do? I'm gone. I am so gone. <laughs> I'm waiting for those guys. Now, for those of you who think I'm asking too much, I'm not suggesting that I get what I want, this higher level of service without paying for it. I've literally explained that what I want, and I've declared I would pay a premium for that. I would pay 50% more, I've said, to do what, uh, what I want. And if, if that's not enough, like, tell me what it is. Like, I, I, I don't know what it's supposed to cost, but um, and the answer has always been kind of some version of, yeah, we'll get back to you. That sounds good. We'll, we'll take that under advisement. We'll get back to you. So point I'm making here is I'm not expecting something for free. I, I get that they got to run a business. I get that they got to be profitable, but it's very clear what the outcome they're aiming for and the outcome I'm aiming for are not the same. And this is something we can all learn from. Each of us has to know what specific outcome our customers are aiming for or hoping for. And this is not, this is one of the things that especially is hard when we have highly trained, skilled employees. This is a hard topic. We have to get ourselves to understand and our employees to get to understand that it's not about having the roof not leak. And I'll get back to that in a second. 
what our customers want is not exactly the, the thing we provide. They want what they get from having the thing we provide. And I'm going to talk about that here in a second. But what we'll, what we'll tell our customer, this was a success. It may or may not be as simple or as generic as we think. You know, um, I don't care that the landscaping stuff is done properly or correctly. I, I assume it is, and I'm happy that it is. But that's not the outcome I want. I want the flowers to bloom, and I, would not, I want to have to not worry about it. I want the yard to look pretty so my wife likes it. That's what I want. What they are providing is something different. They are providing a service that is not quite reaching that objective that I want. And they're not able to tell me how to get what I want. When I've asked them, like, is there something else I can do to get this thing I want? There's not really, there's no answer. Uh, it could be as simple as, again, in a plumbing example, it could be as simple as, I want my life to go back to normal. Like when, you're, when your basement's full of sewage, it, yeah, the water going down is great. Yeah, the water, the, the drain getting cleared and the water going away is great. Uh, the 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 walls getting cleared of all the sewage and, and the drywall getting replaced and all this the carpets getting that's all great. But what they really want is their life to go back to normal. Same with the car getting fixed. My car broke down. Yes, I want the car to be fixed properly. Yes, I don't want to have to have any safety concerns. Yes, I want to have be, be sure there's a guarantee and a warranty and all that stuff. But what I really want is to drive to work and not to worry about this. That's what I want. So does this mean they don't care about getting the, the car fixed correctly or the water going down or the, the landscaping done properly? Of course they care about those things. Of course they want those things. But they are those things are the means to the end that they're aiming for, which is their life getting back to normal, for example. If the roof is leaking, of course they want the roof leaked or the, 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 the leak fixed, of course. But they what they really want is their life to get back to normal. They want their property to be restored. They want peace of mind this won't happen again because it disrupted their life. They want confidence that... Their most expensive asset will be made whole again. Like imagine if your house was 80% of your retirement and there's a leak and you're thinking my house, which is 80% of my retirement is being damaged. My retirement is being affected. Um, and again, I'm not a roofing expert, so I don't know if that's a thought that their, their consumers would have, but if it is, that's what we have to, we have to understand and build our talking points and our processes and our training to, to, Understand that and work towards that aim, not just we come in, we fix the roof, and then see you later on your own. We can absolutely have satisfied customers with that approach, but I want to build raving fans. So if you want to, if you want to just have satisfied customers, this stuff I'm talking about is not going to make sense. That's not my goal. My goal is to have raving fans who are absolutely my best unpaid outside salespeople. Uh, so sometimes it's easier to put these things in a completely different context than our industries. So let me give you another example. Now, this is something I haven't done yet. I'm going to go see a doctor about a nagging knee injury. I had knee surgery when I was in high school. 30 years later, I'm getting old now. Uh, I'm having problems. I can't do some of the things I like to do. I can't run without pain anymore. I can't go hiking in the mountains anymore without pain or mobility issues the next day. I can't do, I can't do things I want to do. And it's really becoming a problem and, it, and it's irritating. So we go see a doctor. Now, yes, I want the knee to work. But what I really want is the freedom to do the things I used to do. I want the ability to go out and enjoy nature. I want, I want to not feel limited by this mobility issue and the pain that has come. So that's the outcome I want. Do I want the knee to work? Absolutely. If they could figure out how to make that happen, that would be awesome. I'd be so happy about that. But that's not really what I'm after. What I'm after is those other things, the freedom, the, the lack of pain, uh, just getting back to, to feeling able again. So 
again, sometimes uh, uh, having it in a different context is helpful. We you know sometimes we get locked in our industries like, well, the plumbing works like this and the roofing is supposed to go like that. Okay, so same thing. Why do I want to, why, why do I want the roof fixed? Well, the roof they want it fixed because it's you know it's damaging their property. It's damaging their most expensive asset. Okay, why do they care about that? Well, they care about that because this asset represents who they are. And it represents a huge part of the retirement. Why do they care about that? Because it's if they care about the retirement, it's about stable stability and security and and all those things. Not having to work till you're 85 years old. Maybe it's that stuff again. I don't know who your client is. If I don't, if you're in that industry, but these are the kinds of questions we got to be asking ourselves to figure out what outcome they want. Or we could just start asking our clients, like when you when you're getting your roof fixed, what do you really care about? What is it you really care about? If we don't know, if we honestly don't know. We only owned our company for a few years. We really don't know what, what the answers are. Then let's just ask. And if you ask a hundred people, you'll start getting a pretty good idea of what people really care about. And the question after the answer is always, and why do you care about that? I care because it's my biggest asset. And why do you care about it? Why do you care about your biggest asset then? Well, because that represents 80% of my, my uh, retirement. Well, why do you care about that? I care about that because if my retirement is, is the greatest part of my retirement is damaged and it's not worth as much. Now I got to work longer. Who knows? Again, I'm not saying that that would be the answer for your clients. I'm just saying that's the kind of process I would go through to sort these things out. So more on that in a minute. First, as a business owner, you're undoubtedly bombarded with people trying to sell you products and services. You don't know what works and you don't know what doesn't work. Why? Because you know the people selling you those things are often looking out for their own interests, not yours. Now, let me tell you about an open forum of business owners comprised of people who are interested in your success sharing ideas and helping each other out, a place where you can get immediate solutions to problems you're facing right now from people who are facing or who are, have already overcome those exact challenges, including me. You'll learn tactics, insights, and, and solutions, all from a business owner's perspective, so you'll know they understand exactly what you're going through. You'll be in a community of people who get you in a way your friends and family just can't. And you'll shorten your learning curve because you'll learn the mistakes others have made so you can avoid them and gain knowledge they share with you which you wouldn't have otherwise learned. Where is this? It's all in my new group, which includes a live Zoom call each week where we diagnose and solve problems on the spot. People show up to this call, they answer, ask a question, or they email it in the day before. Here's a problem I'm having. Here's a, here's a challenge I'd like some help with. We literally diagnose it right there on the spot. They walk away from the meeting knowing exactly how to solve their problem. And you get access to my entire video library of courses and Zoom call recordings. So to try it out at no charge, send a quick introductory email to hello at serviceindustrysuccess.com with the word group in the subject line, super quick, just a quick introductory. Here's my name, uh, phone number, email address, company. Here's my industry. Maybe if not, not even that much is fine. Just a quick introductory email to hello at serviceindustrysuccess.com with the word group in the subject. I'll know what you're talking about and I'll respond with all the details of how you can try it out at no charge. All right, back to our topic. Why does any of this matter? Well, again, if you're, if you're, if you know what their outcome is, if you know what they are trying to get, You'll naturally start speaking to that outcome and you'll, and you'll naturally start helping them get there. If my landscapers knew what I wanted, which I hope they do, and they didn't want to provide that service, they could still start talking about things. Hey, here's something you might want to look out for. Here's a quick tip on this thing. Here's a video you could watch. Hey, I was driving around. Those things will just start happening. They won't even have to try. Those things will just start happening if they're consciously aware of the outcome that I want. Or they could cater their service to reaching that outcome and say, they might say, Hey, I do want to charge a 50% premium to have what this guy wants. Maybe 25% of our clients would want that. And maybe they want to cater, uh, uh, offer a premium product for something. Who knows if they don't, that's okay. 
Again, talking about getting the roof fixed correctly is fine, but talking about how they can get their life back to normal, if that's what they really care about, shows that you understand them. Understanding them is much more compelling than explaining a properly fixed roof or a properly fixed knee or a properly trimmed bush. If your goal is having satisfied customers, talking about the roof may be fine, but raving fans need to feel like you understand them. If you want somebody to be a raving fan, they have to feel like you get them because they want to tell other folks about how they, they met this person who gets them. That's what it's all about. That's why they go out of their way to tell other folks. One of the reasons anyway. So part of the reason this is so important because without focusing, focusing on their desired outcome and focus and we start, we start focusing on what service we provide, we can begin to take the approach consciously or subconsciously that the service we provide is the paramount problem being solved. Like what we do is the most important thing and it's not. I'm sorry, it's not. I know this is a hard conversation, especially for our experienced, highly trained employees. Them reaching their desired outcome is really the most important thing. We're just facilitating a piece of it. And sometimes it's a, it's a big piece of it. Sometimes it's, a, it's 90% of it, and that's all fantastic. But our thing is not the most important thing. Their outcome is the most important thing. So once we've identified what the customer's outcome is, the questions are obvious. Are the outcomes we're focusing on and guiding the customer to the same as the outcomes the customer wants? Or at least are we taking them as far as we can towards the outcome they want, but still in the same direction and still with their end goal in mind? Can my team identify this as whatever this is, whatever the customer's outcome is, can my team identify that? Can they speak to it? If I asked them, what would they say? Could they even explain in their own words the outcome the customer wants? If they can't, they have no choice but to focus on the roof. And it's not about the roof. Next question. Do our processes facilitate reaching the customer's desired outcomes or the outcomes for our company that may not align with what the customer wants? Are we focusing on the flowers living and being low maintenance? Are we focusing on the blowing and trimming? Are we focusing on the knee? Are we focusing on um, the person being able to have some freedom again? If they, you know, People who are way more limited than I am, I, I'm not disabled by any means. But um, point is, if we're speaking to those things that really matter, hey, wouldn't it be great if you could not be limited and not feel like you're 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 being held back in life if, if a knee injury is what's going on? That is more compelling than we got to get this knee working correctly because it, it it indicates we get them. We understand what they really want, which again will create raving fans. Does our training speak to achieving the customer's desired outcome or does it speak only to achieving our internal metrics, our finish line? Are we speaking to our finish line or are we speaking to theirs? Does our marketing and messaging uh, speak to the customer's desired outcome or something else? Are we talking about great pricing and they want peace of mind, you know, for example? What other critical places we need to make sure we are addressing the outcome with customers wants? Of course, you know, we got messaging, training, processes. There might be other things in your company that you're like, hey, I really need to apply that here. Makes perfect sense. There's lots of touch points with the customers. There's lots of invoicing. Like, is your invoicing at, at um facilitating the outcome they want, how your, how your process is for that, for example. So first thing we have to do is we have to ask, do we want satisfied customers or do we want raving fans? The second thing we got to do is recognize that this is one of the reasons why many people in marketing, including me, will tell you, you got to know who you're talking to. You, you cannot do what I'm talking about today and try to take a wide swath and do this with 80% of the population. It's not going to work. We have to know who is our client, who are we talking to in our messaging, who are our processes built around. If you try to build processes around me, 
as a client and my wife as a client, you'll get neither of us. You just have to choose. And this is one of the things that's really, really hard about this. So if we want fans, we want advocates, we want a great staff out there of unpaid salespeople telling everybody how wonderful we are. We got to let them know we understand them and we have to have to work towards the outcome they want, not the outcome we want. What we'll tell them is this was a success. And again, it may or may not be as simple as what we as just life eating back to normal. That it could be that simple. The the goal for them in the plumbing emergency is not the water going down. It's my life getting back to normal. I can almost promise you that. Does this mean they don't care about the water going down? Of course they care about that, but it's a means to an end. It's not the the, the water going down is not the end. It's the means to the end. So if your goal is having satisfied customers, talking about the roof may be fine, but raving fans need to feel like you understand them. Part of the reason this is so important is because without focusing on their desired outcome, we'll just begin to focus on the service we provide as the paramount thing, as the paramount problem being solved. And what we're doing is not the paramount thing. What they want is the paramount thing. So once we've identified that desired outcome, the questions are obvious. Are the outcomes we're guiding the customer to the same as what they want? Can my team identify and articulate what the customer's target outcome is? If I ask them, what do you think the customer really wants? What would their answer be? If you have a team of 30 people, I would, great question for your next meeting. What is the outcome our customer really wants? I would estimate if you've not had this kind of conversation with your team, 70% of them are going to say something like, the roof not to leak. Great workmanship, great quality. Because who that, who's that all about? It's all about us. That's not what the customer wants. They want their problem taken care of. They want their outcome. Next thing, does our, our, do our processes facilitate uh, reaching the customer's desired outcomes or the outcomes we have, our finish line? Does our training speak to, the, to achieving the, the desired outcome for the customer or does it speak to our internal metrics? Does our marketing and messaging talk about the customer's desired outcome or is it talking about something else? And again, what other places in our, in our entire company would this stuff need to be figured in? So don't forget to try my new group. Go to, uh, uh, with, and again, immediate problem solving. Like you, you email the day before, or you show up to the meeting like, hey, here's a problem I need help with. And we jump in there and we, we solve that problem. Try it out, no charge. Come to the first meeting to see if you like it. And, and if you like it, I promise you it's co- it costs way less than what you think. So come to the first one, no charge. See if you like the group. See if you like how they're structured. It's a fantastic group of people. Send an introductory email to hello at serviceindustrysuccess.com with the word group in the subject line. I'll take care of it from there. I'll reach out to you and let you know what's going on. Upcoming events, for those of you in Washington State, I'll be speaking along with uh, professional keynote speaker Nancy Giacalone and Bob Donegan, the president and CEO of Ivers. Yeah, Ivers Seafood. On May 4th at the McGavick Center in Lakewood, get your tickets at southsoundbusinesssummit.com. Tickets are only 47 bucks. I'm telling you, just hearing Bob Donegan talk about the 13 principles I ever used to navigate the COVID lockdowns, that alone is worth $47. Forget what I'm going to talk about. Get your tickets today at southsoundbusinesssummit.com. And, of course, don't forget to subscribe. It takes like two seconds. Hit that follow button. Hit the subscribe button. Share this podcast with a friend or colleague who's a business owner in the service industry trying to help as many folks we can. The best way to do it is for you to say, hey, check this thing out. You never know what they might learn from hearing a podcast talking about these kinds of industries that a lot of other folks don't talk about. So also, if you haven't had a chance yet, give us a rating review. Those are the three things we got to do to grow this podcast. I really appreciate your help with that. And that's it for this week. I'll see you all next week.